0: Hello, Dolphin fans. Welcome to the Same Old Dolphin Show. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. This has been some week, Brain. Just watching the Miami Dolphins fan base, at least digitally, watching them... Process what happened to the Dolphins last weekend and seeing some of them willingly decide to turn the page that they were not going to dwell on this anymore and not, not fall into the trap of, of, of saying that this is the end of the world. The, the, the sky is falling. Really watching some people just turn the page and say, we're on to Cincinnati. There's been a certain chunk of the fan base that has, you know, adopted the, the famous Bill Belichick say, we're on to Cincinnati. The other half of the fan base has completely locked into same old Dolphins mode. Like, it's, there's, there's no hope. Everything is, everything is bad. Everything is doom and gloom. And we're, Well, it's certainly a tough game that the Dolphins are going to have ahead of them this Sunday against Cincinnati. I mean, if the Dolphins win that game, they're still in first place in the AFC East, even though as we record this, the Patriots are uh, in the process of finishing up the Indianapolis Colts. It's late in the fourth quarter there, and New England's up by three touchdowns, spoiler alert. But, uh, you know, the Dolphins have an opportunity to get a big road win in Cincinnati and take, you know, keep sole possession of first place in the AFC East. And it's also another opportunity for the Dolphins to prove that they are in fact capable of showing up in a big game because A matchup of 3 and one teams is still a very big game. And in some ways, as I sort of mentioned on the wrap-up show after the Patriots game, in some ways this game is even bigger than the Patriots game because it really is going to let us see if this is a team that is prepared to bounce back or if this is in fact the same old Dolphins and everything is going to crumble.
1: Granted, I mean, go ahead, go ahead, Brian. And also... Most Dolphin fans and most fans of the NFL didn't expect the Dolphins to to beat the Patriots last week. You might not have expected them to lose 38-7, to but you really didn't expect them to win. Nobody was shocked that the Dolphins lost that game. And so most people came in to this two-game road trip looking at a road game against the Patriots and a road game against the Bengals and thought to themselves – We're going to lose in Foxborough, but if we can win that game in Cincinnati and we come out of it four and one, that's pretty damn good. So I see the point there and I absolutely understand those Dolphin fans that are turning the page and saying, look, Foxborough is a house of horrors for us. We never win there. We often get destroyed when we go in there and maybe it was just, a bad game, just everybody has a stinker every now and then. And this was our stinker performance. And it just so happened to be in that big game that got talked up all week long. Well, this is your opportunity to prove that that was the case. And that was the aberration. Because if you go out the following week in Cincinnati against another good team, another road game and you lay another egg, Now you start to look at the big picture of what's happened here. And yes, injuries are mounting, and that's part of the story. But another part of the story is just, look, you got a nice victory in week one against the Titans. You won a road game against, frankly, a very bad Jets team. You beat Oakland, but you did it kind of on the back of – a couple of trick plays and it looks a little bit fluky to be honest, if you beat Oakland and then you get absolutely destroyed by new England and then you don't bounce back and the same thing happens against Cincinnati, you start to look at it and you're at three and two and you say, all right, well who is this team? Are they really a contender or are they just a team that, got off to a nice start, maybe won a game that they shouldn't have won, and it made their schedule or it made their record look better than they actually were early in the season. That's what this game is kind of all about. And that's not to say that this game is a must win because it really isn't. But this game, if the Dolphins could find a way to win this game, I think it would say a lot about the character of this team and a lot about the potential of this team going forward.
0: And since this is the same old Dolphin show, it would be a heck of a statement towards them being or not being the same old Dolphins. But before we go... Well,
1: I want to touch on that real quick, because there seems to be a little bit of confusion. When we say... Who's confused? some people on the Twitter, on the Twitter machine.
0: Speaking of the Twitter machine, can I, can I jump in here before I, before I let you do this rant? Just want to jump in here and remind everybody that you can follow us on Twitter at same old dolphins. And the same old dolphin show is now a member of the dolphins talk.com podcast network. So, uh, if you haven't been over to dolphins talk.com, a lot of really great content over there, including, uh, interviews. Mike who's the head of the website did a couple of really good interviews this week with a couple of different dolphin beat writers. He also has an interview up with somebody who did a uh, biography of Don Shula so something uh worth certainly worth checking out over there on dolphins and you can follow them on Twitter at dolphins talk. I believe that is Mike that is running the uh, dolphins talk handle. But Brain go ahead and 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 do your clarification as to what same old dolphins means.
1: When I say same old Dolphins, and when we say same old Dolphins, and it's the same old Dolphins show, this is not just the same old Dolphins from the last 15 years. Although the same old Dolphins of the last 15 years has been generally a team that goes seven and eight, or seven and nine, eight and eight, doesn't make the playoffs. This is really the same old Dolphins from our – and well, maybe not – you're a little older than me, but from my entire lifetime, which I became a Dolphins fan somewhere around five years old in 1989, 1990, followed the team throughout the 90s. And save for the one year where they made the AFC title game, what the Dolphins were at their very best was a team that was not quite elite. Not quite good enough. They were just, they were kind of in the hunt, but they were not quite good enough uh, to ever really, really be considered a Super Bowl contender. And over the last 15 years, the expectation has dropped a little bit because uh, they. Frankly, they haven't been as good. Obviously, they, they missed having an elite quarterback like Marino. And the Fiedler years were fun because you had that great defense. But they were as fun as they were frustrating because the offense was so dreadful. And now you've got the Tannehill years. And it's not always when we say same old Dolphins, oh, everything is bad. No, what same old Dolphins is, is that they're mediocre, They're not terrible. They're just not special. And when I say they're the same old Dolphins, I'm not saying that they're not a team that can't possibly win 10 games. Because I believe even if we lose this game against Cincinnati, and we'll we'll break this game down in a little bit, but even if they lose this game against Cincinnati, I don't think the season is over. I will say... Very same old Dolphins to lose this game. But that doesn't mean that I think the Dolphins are going to tank the rest of the year, that they're going to go 5 and 11, 6 and 10. I do think they're probably going to be a 7 and 9 team. That's just my opinion. That's, I, I've been saying since the offseason, since the preseason and going into the regular season, I've said that I think this is, a, you know, a 6 and 10 or a 7 and 9 team. And until they do something, To really show me that that's not who they are. That's what I'm going to believe. But that's not to say they can't be better than that. Even if they lose this game. They could totally be a 9-win or 10-win team. And that still doesn't necessarily make them any less of the same old Dolphins. Because they're still the same old Dolphins as long as they are not a contender. And that's what I see when I say this is the same old Dolphins. I just say... Look, this is a good version of the same old Dolphins. This is a version of the same old Dolphins that might get you a little excited going into December. But at the end of the day, we all know that this team isn't going to accomplish much. Uh, They're not going to win the division if they make the playoffs. They'll be lucky to win a game in the playoffs if they get the right matchup. But if they go up against a legit team, they're not going to win a playoff game. And they haven't won a playoff game since, what, 2002? Yeah. (laughs) So it's very same old Dolphins. I mean, uh, like, we'll see how the season plays out. And like I said, we'll get to this this game and we'll try to focus just on this game. But when you hear us say that this is the same old dolphins, we're not saying that the team sucks. We're just saying that there's still nothing special and there's nothing outright different about this team because I've said it a million times in the NFL. There are a handful of elite teams. There are a handful of bad teams and the vast majority of teams are right in the middle. And based on a couple of things here and there, can go anywhere from six and 10 to 10 and 6. And that's where the Dolphins have been for virtually my entire lifetime as a Dolphins fan. And that is what we mean when we say the same old Dolphins.
0: Very well stated, Brain. Very well stated indeed. Let's now go ahead and take a look at this Dolphins and Bengals matchup. Now, this is one that, as you look at it, you look at the records and you go, oh, it's going to be a tough game. Cincinnati's a 3-1 and team. But when you look at it a little bit closer, the reason that Cincinnati is 3-1 and right now is because their offense has been fantastic. Andy Dalton has just been playing to the absolute best of his abilities. Uh, Andy Dalton is one of those guys that people typically put him in that tier of like that not the elite tier of quarterbacks in the NFL but sort of that next tier down he's one of those good he's a he's a better than average NFL quarterback he's a, he's a solid NFL quarterback and sometimes he can play really really well sometimes he can be a great quarterback and sometimes he can look very terrible but that's sort of what you get at that second tier of NFL quarterbacks
1: you think that you think Andy Dalton is in the second tier
0: I think he's, I would say he's probably towards the bottom of the second tier, but I would put him there. Where do you put Tannehill? I would put Tannehill probably in that same ballpark, maybe just, maybe just at the top of the middle tier.
1: So you, how many tiers do
0: you have then? There's, there's four really. There's, there's the elite, there's above average, there are average, and then there's bad NFL. Players.
1: See, I would if there if there's four tiers, I would say, I mean, I would say that there's more than four tiers. Okay, personally. well, that, that's uh, funny. But uh, but I would say I would say that Tannehill and Dalton are very similar.
0: Well, and then it where Tannehill and Dalton are very similar where Tannehill had a very, very bad game last week. Uh, Dalton really hasn't had that come down to earth yet game, right? Tannehill and Dalton are are known for having those cool down games where they're, where they'll have a couple of good games and then they'll, not look particularly good the next week. And uh Dalton hasn't had that happen to him yet this season. Uh through the first month of the season his team has looked very very good offensively, defensively not so much, but they're getting a very key part back as Vontae's perfect returns to the Cincinnati Bengals lineup uh following a four-game uh PED suspension. So it it's the Cincinnati defense has been less than spectacular this season. It's it's so far. I th- I think they are pulling up the the ranking right now in team defense. Cincinnati number twenty nine in the NFL in team defense, giving up four hundred and nineteen yards per game. So on its outlook, just looking at at it like that, you think, well, this is an opportunity for Miami to hopefully get their offense going again, um, while. While, they, while they've got the ball, hopefully they can do something offensively to make up for that just awful performance that they had in Foxborough. So, Brain, break this down for us. When the Dolphins have the ball, what are they going to need to do to beat this Cincinnati defense?
1: The biggest question mark going forward, not just in this game, but especially in this game, against a really good Bengals defensive line with Dunlap and Adkins and Lawson – and, and even Billings. Uh, it's a really good Bengals defensive line. It's one of the better D lines in all of the NFL, and it's definitely the strength of, of the Bengals defense. The Dolphins offensive line right now is, is a bit of a mash unit. Uh, Kilgore. It looks like uh, you, you've lost him. Uh, you've lost Sittin, Uh Now you're, You've gone out and you've you've uh, signed Wesley Johnson off the scrap heap. He, he may play. Ted Larson. You seem. It seems like they're content to leave him at guard. Um, they've got a major problem at center because whether it's Wesley Johnson backing up Swanson or it's Swanson starting. I mean, Swanson I was pretty.
0: Ho- I would think pretty. Clearly, the reason they signed Johnson is that they plan to have him start on the offensive line, I would think, on Sunday.
1: I don't know. I don't know because Gase came out and said that, uh, you know, at least on Wednesday, that – the plan was still for Swanson to be the starter. Now I'm not sure if that changes as the week of practice progresses. I haven't heard anything. We're recording this show late Thursday night. So maybe tomorrow by by Friday's practice, things have changed, but you know, whether maybe it's maybe Larson moves to center, maybe Johnson plays center. I don't know. I think at the very least they've got an option there. Uh, but, It looks like Swanson is going to play center, but Wesley Johnson, I mean, there's a reason why he was a free agent at the, you know, on October 2nd or whatever, whatever day they they signed him. Uh, He's not very good. He's proven to not be a reliable starting center certainly he's he's a vet he's started a lot of games so he's he's got that veteran savviness that could potentially have some value over a guy like Swanson who came in last week and was just awful had the had the turnover that basically lost us the game put the game away and then proceeded to have a very bad rest of the game as far as you know, offensive line play is concerned. Uh, how does this Dolphins offensive line handle the Bengals defensive line is to me, the entire story of the Dolphins offense come Sunday. Uh, I think Tannehill will bounce back against a secondary. That's nothing special. Um, A, a linebacking core that gets Vontez perfect back, but it's, it's more of a, Of a run stop. I mean, I say it's more of a run stopping linebacking core, but they really haven't been very good against the run either. It really has been a defense that has struggled. Uh, There are going to be opportunities for the Dolphins, but they've got to be able to run the football. And they've been awful the last two weeks running the football against two of the worst run defenses in the league. At that point, going into those games, so it's hard to imagine with our offensive line already. Look, it's underwhelming even when healthy, but now it's not healthy, and it's just it looks woeful well, going up against one of one the one things
0: of the, that's going to help with that is. Well, never mind. Go ahead. I'll let you finish before I jump in on that point.
1: If the Dolphins' offensive line cannot block Cincinnati's defensive line, I don't see how we're getting the running game going. And I just don't know if we, if we can't get the running game going, I don't know that this offense has any flow. You know, it's not like this offense had very much flow in the Oakland game. We just, we hit a couple of big plays on a couple of gadget plays. I don't know that you can count on that uh, on any kind of regular basis. And if we don't get those in the Oakland game, we're sitting here after the Oakland game talking about how anemic the Dolphins offense was. And even go back to that Jets game, the, the, the offense had some moments in that Jets game, but they had 20 points at halftime and they didn't score in the in the rest of the second half. So we'd be going back about 10 quarters and saying it's been 10 quarters of awfully anemic Dolphins offense. If it wasn't for a couple of trick plays against Oakland and I just don't see how it gets better unless it's Ryan Tannehill and this and and the receiving core against the Bengals secondary because I just don't see it as far as the offensive line being able to block Cincinnati's defensive line and create running room for Kenyon Drake and Frank Gore. I hope I'm wrong. It just doesn't feel like a good matchup for the Dolphins running game.
0: Yeah, I think one of the things that might help the Dolphins get that running game established is not falling behind very quickly at the beginning of the game and feeling like that you can't give that running game time to grow. You can sort of stick with it a little bit longer if you're not suddenly finding yourself down by 14 or 17 points. But if the Dolphins fall behind very quickly in this game, it's going to be the same kind of thing. They, tr- they try to run the ball a couple of times, they make no ground, and they've got to switch to the aerial attack because it's the only thing that they can do because they've got to make up a lot of points and they've got to make them up fairly quickly. So I think that's going to be an important element in this game as well. So the question is, is the Dolphins' defense going to be able to stop the Bengals' offense. We know that the secondary was a strength and is a strength for this Dolphins defense, but with Bobby McCain out, there we and we don't know if Rashad Jones is going to play. He's practiced this week, but he practiced last week and they didn't play. Uh, it's a big giant question mark right now. So uh, with Bobby McCain out and potentially Rashad Jones out again, what can the Dolphins do to stop Andy Dalton throwing for 350 yards and four touchdowns on Sunday?
1: Yeah, well, before we get there, I just want to say another another thing that could help the Dolphins' running game, and as far as them sticking to the running game, because they, they really... I mean, you say, well, you don't want to fall behind. It's not like that Patriots game last week. The Dolphins, in a blink of an eye, were just getting it's not like the Patriots came out and just bull rushed Miami right off the bat. The dolphins defense was keeping them in that game really until about midway through the second quarter when they, when they had the fumble, you know? Uh So it's, it's not like the dolphins were out of that game for, you know, right off the bat where they needed to give up the running game. The biggest problem is, is they kept putting themselves in horrible down and distance, whether it was penalties or poor execution on first down ending up in second and long. Um, And they they were constantly in second and third and long, and then they couldn't pick up third down. So they just, one, they were in bad down and distance and two, they just didn't run enough plays. So that's why. And then, Eventually they fell behind and then it was like, okay, well now you can't run the ball, but not, but you know, picking up some first downs, having some success on first down that will help them running the ball. And even if that means look, throwing it on first down and, and doing these bubble screens, you know, often we, we chastise Adam Gase and we say, Oh, the bubble screen on third and 10, whatever. What happened to the bubble screen on first and second down? Because those are like long handoffs. Those are basically in their substitutions for the running game. If you don't feel like you can run the ball consistently, you know, up the middle, that's fine. Stretch the defense out horizontally, make them guard your receivers pick up four or five yards on first down with the bubble screen because we've seen the Dolphins have consistent success with that. And for some reason, whatever reason, they went away from that. They only threw like one or two bubble screens really the entire game or at least until late in the fourth quarter of that Patriots game before the game was completely out of hand. So, you know, maybe they don't need to necessarily run the ball 30 times. But you've got to have some success on first and second down and get yourself into some quality down and distance, some third and shorts, instead of constantly looking at third and eight, third and nine, third and 10. Because this offense just is not built to do that. Tannehill is not the quarterback that is going to consistently pick up third and eight, third and nine, third and 10, and certainly not with this offensive line. But well, Shifting we said, gears. we said
0: that, we said that all, all through the preseason and early weeks of the season that the way this Dolphins team was going to get ahead was by not making mistakes on first downs and finding themselves in, in, in downs and distances that were unfavorable. Uh, because you're right. They, they're not going to be able to dig themselves out of those holes, but Adam Gase's play calling is also not helping when you've got a second down and 20 because you've got a holding. Throwing a screen on that play is not a good idea. Instead of trying, instead of instead of throwing a screen, let's try to get seven or eight yards and make it right. instead of having it be a third and seventeen, it's third and twelve. It's a right. It's it's still it's not, almost like a it's still give up rate. It, exactly. It's exactly right. It's it's just very conservative play calling from a head coach who's, you know, supposed to be an offensive guru and who we've seen has a lot of deep creativity in his playbook. It's just a matter of of getting there and, and putting it in action. But let's move to the other side of the ball now. Let's put the ball in Andy Dalton's hand and figure out how the Dolphins are going to stop him and also stop another weapon that Cincinnati is getting back, and that's Joe Mixon, who's been out with, uh, from a knee surgery. He's coming back. Sounds like they're not going to have to worry about the platoon as Giovanni Bernard sounds like is probably. Is Mixon playing? But it sounds like everything that I'm hearing seems to indicate that it's a Pretty much a done deal that Joe Mixon is going to play on Sunday, especially in light of the fact that Giovanni Bernard now is sounding like he is not going to be ready to go on Sunday. So they're gonna, they're gonna lose Bernard and they're gonna bring in Mixon. And, uh, I think they're still finding themselves in pretty good footing there. So how does this Dolphins defense shut down what is a high-powered, uh, Bengals offense with Joe Mixon and AJ Green? Uh, even though they are down Tyler Eifert, they've got another couple of, uh, tight ends there in Cincinnati who could still cause some problems for this Dolphins defense.
1: I'm not so worried about their tight ends. I, I don't think they just easily jump in and and replace Eifert. Eifert is a is a special player when he's on the field, which is rare. Uh, and and that happened again this season. Is now he's lost for the year. That's really yeah. it.
0: Is so brutal. You gotta feel bad for that guy. He just can't stay healthy. He's like he's like Devonte Parker, but like actually good.
1: He's like Devontae Parker if Devontae Parker had one really great season. Yeah. But we haven't seen that. I'm waiting. I'm yeah. waiting, well, Devontae. You're going to be waiting a long time, I think. Um, the Bengals are a little bit banged up. It, it's not just Giovanni Bernard. And Joe Mixon, I mean, at this point, I think it's still listed as questionable and was a limited participant in the Thursday practice. There's a decent chance. I mean, if you're if you're looking at it, you're Cincinnati. You've now got Giovanni Bernard Hurt. Joe Mixon is your stud. He's he's your, your three-down back who you drafted highly just a year ago. And you're 3-1. and one. You have a home game. I'm not saying they're overlooking the Dolphins, but they probably feel pretty confident that this is a favorable matchup, a very winnable game for them. And if there's any question – that Mixon isn't a hundred percent. If I'm the Bengals, I'm not risking anything with Joe Mixon. Um, and so that might mean that they turn to Mark Walton, you know, our boy from the U, but I mean, he's a rookie who did not have a spectacular preseason. And, you know, if it, either they're that means they're either going with Mark Walton or they're going with Joe Mixon who may or may not be a hundred percent. So, That might not be the guy that that really causes the problems for the Dolphins. And John Ross is hurt. Uh, I think Tyler Boyd is really the interesting guy here. Because A.J. Green, you're going to get manned up on Xavier Howard. Now, Xavier Howard, that's a huge matchup for him. Uh, It's it's an opportunity for him to prove that he is indeed an elite corner. Um, It's a difficult matchup. It's one where you know, maybe you don't expect him to completely shut down A.J. Green. He's one of the elite wide receivers in the NFL and has been for quite some time. But if he can contain A.J. Green, the, the interesting thing will be how do the Dolphins cover Tyler Boyd? Do they, without Bobby McCain, do they put McTire on him? Do they put Cordray Tankersley on him? Do they have Minka Fitzpatrick oh, just shadow me, him? That
0: just that just made me shudder.
1: Putting, I just put Cordrea
0: Tankersley on Boyd. Just well, it just, Tankersley
1: oh. is a, Tankersley is an interesting guy in his own right because look, he he he's a talented guy in college. The Dolphins drafted him with a third round pick, and last year as a rookie, we saw him develop. At a certain point, he looked like a serviceable corner who was. good doing the right things. And I don't know if it was a a confidence thing, uh, a mental barrier for him. Maybe, you know, he, he, he started to line up in the wrong spots, give guys too much of a cushion. Now he's pressing too much. And, you know, maybe he just got lost and overwhelmed by the mental part of the game. And sometimes you see that where a a young guy kind of gets in his own head, starts lacking confidence and just everything snowballs on him. And then he comes out for, you know, a couple of weeks, maybe more. And then when he's thrown back in, maybe he's got a little bit more perspective. And if one thing goes right, maybe it starts to turn around and he can actually start playing ball the way that we know he's capable of. I, I mean, we, do, I don't know that he's capable of playing at like an elite level, like an Azavian Howard level, but I think he's capable of being a serviceable corner. Now, whether or not he can do that in a very tough matchup, and I don't even know if he'll be lined up against Tyler Boyd. My thought is is that the Bengals will probably move Tyler Boyd all over the place. They love to play him in the slot, and if they're playing him in the slot, well, that means that this is a huge opportunity for Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, Rashad Jones is going to be back. That is a huge help. Because Rashad Jones is the quarterback of that secondary. And really, he's the quarterback of that defense. And he allows Minka to play the slot and not have to worry about playing that deep free safety. Which, look, he he was commendable uh, in this game. He, he definitely improved from the Oakland game to the New England game. But what Minka Fitzpatrick really excels at is playing in the slot. And that's where the Bengals love to play Tyler Boyd. And so I think that's the key matchup when the Bengals have the ball is Tyler Boyd versus Minka Fitzpatrick. As far as in the trenches, as much as the Bengals defensive line has an advantage over the Dolphins offensive line, the Dolphins kind of have that, have that same advantage over the Bengals Uh offensive line the Bengals do not have a good offensive line and Cameron Wake has played pretty well Quinn has flashed as an edge rusher Vincent Taylor and Devon Godshaw have played very well um, obviously the Dolphins by now you you probably know ha- have parted ways releasing Jordan Phillips uh, I, I was not a huge fan of the move but I'm not going to overblow it because at the end of the day,
0: culture change, brain culture change.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I just don't understand how we're three years in and every, every year that Adam Gase has been here, we've been talking about the culture change and every single year he's having to throw somebody off the team in September or October because they, they don't fit in with the culture. And it's like, why what happened to this cult? If the culture has changed, why are we still having to throw people off the team every September or October, it's but whatever, It's very whatever. Good point. It's a very good whatever. Point. Um, Jordan Phillips lost out on his starting job. He got outplayed by Vincent Taylor and Devon Godshaw. And he wanted more playing time and he was unhappy. And, Rather than have him be a quote unquote cancer, uh, they, and they apparently they were trying to trade him and nobody around the league would give up anything of any value for him. So they just said, screw it. So there goes another second round pick that we just absolutely blew. He's now Uh, a member
0: of the Buffalo Bills, by the way.
1: Yeah. So I'm sure, I'm sure he'll have a career year. The remain he will have a career twelve games with the Buffalo Bills the remainder of this year get in, get himself a nice contract and then go back to being Jordan Phillips who just doesn't care about being about playing football
0: and if the rumors are true he'll probably make a baby or two while he's up
1: there <laughs> what rumors are these uh,
0: I I can't remember who it was that was saying it uh, it was uh, somebody that had formerly been on the Buffalo Bills uh, had said that. There's there ain't nothing to do in Buffalo except each other. Oh so. well, that's
1: true. That's true. So yeah. I thought it was like a Jordan Phillips thing. I thought you, maybe Jordan Phillips was like a nymphomaniac and he was just going out and you know banging a new girl every every night of the week. Maybe and that was, he was his like, problem. He, he was a, he was out a, on the like, town
0: all the time instead of uh, spending some time in the gym.
1: He was he's hanging out with Richie Young incognito slaying puss at Tootsie's. <laughs> Can I read it? Can I read a tweet for for you? This is uh,
0: going back to Tyler Boyd. Uh, Ty, so this is a tweet from Jeremy Roush, uh, Fox, at Fox 19 Jeremy. He said, Tyler Boyd was asked about the Dolphins defense. He says, I think they're going to play a rookie on me. Followed up, uh, and he, he was asked, well, it sounds like you're excited. And his response was, he's a rookie. Not saying he's bad, but I'm a smarter player. I know how to defeat leverage. So if I'm Minka Fitzpatrick, I'm putting that quote up on the bulletin board and I'm looking forward to shutting Tyler Boyd down all day on Sunday. I
1: I mean, yeah, I'm putting it on the bulletin board and hopefully Minka Fitzpatrick does his homework and it's a big matchup for him. But I mean, Tyler Boyd has been producing. This is not going to be just an easy matchup for Minka Fitzpatrick. Tyler Boyd should be confident. He's, what top 12 in the league in both yards and receptions it's a it's a difficult matchup for for Minka who when he was drafted and coming into the league the question with him was is he a cornerback is he a safety can he play corner at an elite level can he play free safety or is he just kind of a kind of that Swiss army knife specialty kind of player. And yeah, I mean, he's been amazing in the slot, but Tyler Boyd is a different kind of player that you'll see in the slot. He's not your typical slot receiver. That is just, you know, being targeted five yards and in, and, you know, averaging seven, eight yards a catch. Tyler Boyd is a big play guy. Uh, so, it's it's gonna be. I mean, that to me, that's that's the matchup when the Bengals have the ball. Uh, obviously, the Dolphins need to stop the run first and foremost. If you can't stop the run, then there's there's not much that you can do. If, if they can't stop the run, then then the Bengals are easily gonna put up 30 on them. But assuming the Dolphins do at least a decent job of stopping the run, Tyler Boyd is absolutely. The key. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously AJ Green, you know, he's a guy that you got to contain, but I, I really think the X factor in this game when, when the Bengals have the ball is, is Tyler Boyd. And then also this Dolphins defensive line, uh, they've got to get pressure on Andy Dalton, but it's difficult. Even though this is a bad offensive line, they know that it's a bad offensive line. And Bill Lazor, the offensive coordinator who we're familiar with, from his time.
0: We're here. all very familiar with Bill. Lake. What he likes
1: to do is he likes quick, quick drops, uh, quick release two, three seconds at most. And then the ball is out. And that's where Andy Dalton has, has succeeded. But uh, look, the Dolphins secondary, when it's whole and healthy, it's been one of the best secondaries in the league. And Rashad Jones made no bones about that. I believe, this week, he said that the Dolphins have the best secondary in the league and they do have nine interceptions. Uh, So they're they're doing true.
0: They've, They've got, they're doing really good in turnover margin. It'd be great if Rashad Jones could join us back out on the field
1: though. Right. And we, he's expected to be back this week. And I think that that's a huge addition. The biggest thing that the Dolphins need to do is they need to get off the field on third down because this Patriots game a week ago, it wasn't just that they weren't getting off the field on third down. It was that, the majority of them were third and long. If you can't get off the field on third and long, that's it, That speaks to your pass rush. That speaks to your secondary. And neither of those were very good last week. So if they can bounce back in those areas with the secondary and the pass rush, then it just comes down to whether or not you can stop the run and whether or not Xavier Howard can man up on AJ green.
0: Yeah, hopefully the Dolphins will have uh, will be able to stay on the field a little bit in third downs. It is an area where Cincinnati struggles. Their opponents are converting 57% of third down conversion attempts against them. Brandon, it's time to read everybody's one hot take of the week. And then we're going to make our picks. Are you ready? Sure, let's do it. Here we go. From at MarkCorey7Mark. He says, hot take. Ryan Tannehill throws three picks, trying to match the Cincinnati offense. I guess we didn't specify that all the hot takes needed to be good, so that's a hot take that uh, th- that could be bad for the Dolphins. Okay, you're you're
1: not saying that that was a bad hot take. You're just saying it was no, a I'm not, negative I'm not, hot
0: I'm not, take. I'm not, yes, it is a negative hot okay.
1: take. Okay. I mean, that was a a pretty hot take. I mean, yeah,
0: it is a very hot take. Yes, Yes, absolutely. Here's another hot take, but in the complete opposite direction. Hot take. A.J. Green completely shut out of the game by Xavier Howard. That's from at shadow underscore night three. So
1: zero catches for zero yards.
0: That I mean, that's what he says. He said completely shut out of the game. That That is a very hot take. Here's. Here's I don't know that this necessarily qualifies as a hot take, but it's an interesting factoid from at second sat sports says Jason Sanders has only attempted two field goals this season, in which both were in the first game. That's really weird.
1: It's pretty weird, weird, wild
0: stuff. That is, some wha- that is a wacky stat. I was thinking about it, and I said, I wonder what the record is for fewest field goal attempts by a team through the first four games of the season. The Dolphins have attempted two field goals.
1: I predict that he doubles his field goal attempt total in this game.
0: Very good. That's my
1: hot take. Very, very good. Two field um, goal attempts by, by Jason Sanders in this one.
0: Very good. And then uh, – well then our, our last hot take doesn't have anything directly to do with the uh, Dolphins Cincinnati game, but it comes from our old buddy at Dolphins End Zone. He says Dolphins are going to the Super Bowl. That that is a hot
1: take. Didn't he follow that up by saying, Oh, just kidding, they're they're not any better than, than any of the Dolphins teams for the last ten years, though.
0: He did he did in fact follow it up by saying
1: okay, so you can't that's not really that was a joke take.
0: That is a joke take
1: okay
0: uh also um at admiral or admiral dolphin did also tweet at us (laughs) that the dolphins are going to the super bowl uh we encourage everybody to follow at dolphin underscore admiral follow admiral dolphin for all of his delightful wonderful takes he's a a wacky wacky character that uh those of you who are readers of uh, Al Sports blog way back in the day will remember Admiral Dolphin from uh, Facebook. Admiral Dolphin has apparently now moved to Twitter. So it's uh it's a thing.
1: Admiral Dolphin right. is the preeminent dolphin fan. He is, he he might as well be the uh, the mascot of the dolphin fan base. If you ever feel like there is too much negativity surrounding the miami dolphins franchise too much negativity coming from the media too much negativity coming from the fan base uh on tv on the internet on the twitter check out admiral dolphin give you some levity
0: all right Brian, it's time time to make our picks dolphins at cincinnati at the Bengals. what happens
1: you want me to go first
0: you're gonna go first
1: the number one thing that I'm looking for in this game is for the dolphins to show up with some fight. It's not, this is not a game. Look, there's X's and O's are part of the game. Matchups are always part of the game, but the most important thing to come out of this game is going to be effort and determination. And do the dolphins have any fight in them? Because to go out, in a big game like they had last week in Foxborough and just quit it wasn't so much that they got beat it was that they quit and they had they showed no guts and no fight if they go out there and they just get throttled things are going to snowball out of control and this season will just fall apart on them it will cave in uh Adam Gase will lose the locker room Adam Gase might not have a job at the end of the year. If they go out and they go toe to toe with a very physical Bengals team, whether they win or lose, if they show up and they fight, I think it speaks volumes to the job that Adam Gase is doing to get them to buy in. And it speaks volumes about the character of the team that they can bounce back and that they are Not done. Not that they're not the same old Dolphins, just that they're not done. Now, as far as how I see the game going, I think it's a fairly even matchup, being that the Bengals have some major injuries. The Dolphins have their injuries. The Bengals have their injuries. It's both a couple of teams that are banged up. that are both three and one, and it's a big game. I think the edge is that the Bengals are at home. And the edge is that The Dolphins' offense, I don't know that they have an identity if they can't run the football. And if they can't run the football, I don't think that they can keep up with Cincinnati in this game. And after not being able to run against Oakland and not being able to run against New England, with the injuries mounting on the offensive line, players being shuffled in, going up against a Bengals defensive line that's one of the best in the league and now they get back Vontez Berfic who's their best run stuffing linebacker I don't think it's a great matchup for the Dolphins getting their running game going so I think it's a game where Ryan Tannehill if they're going to win this game it's going to be need to be done on the back of Ryan Tannehill I don't know if 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 he can have the I mean he's going to need to have a great game for them to win this either that or the defense is going to need to keep the Bengals probably under 20 points uh, for us to win this game. I think the defense will have a spirited effort. I think Ryan Tannehill will play well. I just don't think they're going to play well enough, but I think they'll have fight. I think they'll bounce back and play a, a decent game, a strong game, And I think this one's going to be a close one that comes down to the wire. But I've got the Bengals winning 23 to 20.
0: Wow. I I actually agree with pretty much all of, what you said there. I think we're going to see this Dolphins team fight back a lot more. We're not going to see them lay down like they did last week against New England. They're they're going to go to Cincinnati and they're going to bring the fight. They're going to be really, really fired up early on. Wouldn't surprise me at all to see them take a little bit of an early lead in the game. But I think ultimately, I agree with you that down the stretch, I just don't know that our defense in its current state is ready or able to stop what Cincinnati is going to be doing offensively, both on, in the ground, on the ground game and in the air. And I think in the end, the Bengals are going to come out victorious. My final score is Cincinnati 27, Miami 17. And I'm going to say that Cincinnati is going to come from behind to get that victory. I think the Dolphins get out to an early lead, but Cincinnati fights back at home and uh, eventually breaks the Dolphins down and, and figures out a way to stop them. So those th- that's our prediction. But of course, my prediction was wrong last week, so maybe it'll be wrong again this week, and the Dolphins will leave Cincinnati with a four and one record and remain on top of the AFC East ahead of the now three and two new England Patriots. So that is going to wrap us up for this episode of the same old dolphin show. In the meantime, brain tell the people where they can find you
1: can find me on Twitter at Aaron the brain.
0: And you can find me on Twitter at amplified to rock. Of course the show Twitter is at same old dolphins And you can also go to facebook.com slash samuel dolphins and like our Facebook page. Of course, we are now members of the dolphins talk.com podcast network. So we will, uh, you can find every episode of our show over there as well as all kinds of other dolphins content. dolphins talk.com is pretty much your one stop shop for everything Miami Dolphins. So lots of great content over there. Of course, you can also download, rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we'd appreciate you heading over there to iTunes and giving us a, a positive review and a five-star rating if you can. And then uh, head on over to SoundCloud and leave us some comments over there. Follow us over there as well. We had a Some listeners leave some comments on the last episode. We appreciate that very much, and we hope that more of you will continue to do that and uh, continue to join the conversation across all of our various social media platforms. We will be back here on the same old Dolphin Show following the game against the Bengals to talk about it, to reflect on the game, and hopefully celebrate another Miami Dolphins Victory, But until then, take care of yourselves and each other. For Aaron the Brain, this is Amplified to Rock. This is Josh. We'll talk to you again next time. Go Dolphins!
1: Miami's got the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And what do you say, Miami? You're talking to her.